Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, we come to you this morning gathered together as we prepare to celebrate your birth. Reminded that you would come and live in perfection. You would come and be with us in human form. Lord, we are thankful for that this morning. We are thankful for your word that reminds us of that story that that gives us some insight into how it happened. And Lord, as we look at those stories this Christmas season, may we be piqued in our interest as we look at uh, what happened. We've heard these stories so many times. And yet there are new parts. There are parts we've missed. There are parts of the story where, Lord, we need to come to terms with in our own lives. It's easy to read a story, much harder to live that story. And so, Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts that we might better understand how Jesus came to be. Lord, thank you for your love, your care, and concern. Thank you for allowing us to be together. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's passage will be out of Matthew. If you Matthew 1, 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph saw her Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and And you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she had given birth to a son. And he gave him the name, Jesus. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word as we prepare our hearts to sit around the table. Lord, as we prepare to look at your word, I pray that you would bring to mind how powerful a moment in the history of the world 
so powerful that it was that history is separated by the birth of Jesus. Oh, maybe we recognize the importance of his coming to be with us. Emmanuel. Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Don't get in the way. That's right. Don't get in the way. You might get run over. That's okay. Did you? Get a kid crossing sign. We'll put it right here. That's a good problem. I love that problem. Be a sad day if we didn't hear that coming off the mountaintop or the balcony, right? So we're going to work our way through the Gospels uh, this Christmas season. And and some of the stories, I, I just want to clear up, some of the stories we're going to know, right? We're going we're gonna to hear that Luke, uh, that Luke passage uh, that Charlie Brown, right, that Linus would, uh, would say. We, that, if, if you've watched many of the, the, the Charlie Brown Christmas, you're going to hear that. And we've read that. And uh, for some of us, uh, we read that every Christmas morning. Um, but I want to walk through the Gospels uh, and, and spend a little bit of time looking at uh, how each Gospel uh, shared how Jesus came to be on this earth. And I want to remind you that in, in Matthew, you know, Matthew is <coughs> excuse me, the very first one, right? And I need to, I need to just back up just a minute uh, before that. There were 400, what, what most... Uh, historians, uh, commentators say there were 400 silent years be- before uh, Jesus came. And so I don't know about you, but none of us have lived 400 years. And, and for just for one moment to think about God not talking, God not sending prophets, God not uh, speaking to his people for 400 years. And when this, this story of, of Mary and Joseph in some little town, little known, came to be, it It had to be one of those odd moments, right? And for a lot of people, they would have struggled with the, the fact that God would show up in the way that He did. We're going to look at those, those, different, uh, those different interactions. Uh, Dan Schumack, I appreciated your prayer this morning. Dan's prayer was John. Uh, what we're going to look at uh, on Christmas morning, actually, uh, John's rendition of Jesus coming to earth, right? Which isn't, uh, in a lot of ways, we might not think of it as Christmas when we read that scripture in the beginning, uh, but that's one of the reasons I wanted to look at each different gospel and, and how they sorted out um, Jesus coming to earth. And just uh, just as a, so these are the four gospels, right? And they're, they're the first books in the New Testament. And so each one of them gives a different understanding, a different perspective from a different view of, of who Jesus was and what he did on this earth. And, and so each one of them has a, a story of his birth. It looks a little different. Next week we're going to look at Mark. And Mark tends to look 
uh, backwards, actually. Mark's looking at fulfillment of the prophecies from the Old Testament. And, and of course, Luke is the, the, the one with all the, the highlights and the details. And, and John comes from a perspective of a very close, uh, intimate friend. And, and so my hope is that during this Christmas season, we get a little different view, a little different perspective of, of Christmas, that maybe we can enjoy Christmas in a different way. One of the challenges, I think, of Christmas is it gets to be uh, ritualistic in a lot of ways, right? It's, it's always on December 25th, right? We always work our way towards it, and we always, it, and, and, and I, I think sometimes, even in my own life, it becomes like, all right, here we are, we're here again, right? We've made it to another Christmas, and I can remember being a kid so enjoying Christmas. Like, my parents would put out the stuff and we weren't allowed to get up until daylight right it had to be like sun had to be i had to be light outside and we would sneak down and go to the bathroom like 87 times right so you could you know how, you know how that word right in fact I, I always tell the story and i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna wrap myself out again when i was about 12 or 13 my mom would lock she had to lock the presents in a certain room well i not that i'm all that mechanically inclined but i figured out how to take the hinges off the pins out of the hinges. And the only way they found out was that they, they saw the paint was chipped off of there, right? <laughs> and so my mom threatened, I'm going to take it all back. It ain't going to be nothing for Christmas if you keep doing that. So I love Christmas. Uh, I have always loved Christmas. And, and I think uh, having grandkids uh, really helps you to... Uh, my granddaughter, asked, she asked me every week, and it's always like the same, Papa, what do you want for Christmas? And, and I think she wants a reciprocation, right? She, want, she wants me to ask her, Lumina, what do you want for Christmas? And she's got a laundry list, right? What she really wants is to throw snowballs at me. And, but her mother won't come from Houston to, when it's snowing. I don't know. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I know. So yesterday, actually, this is kind of funny. In, in Houston yesterday, they made snow. And so they had snowballs. She made snowballs, and I got pictures of her throwing snowballs at the phone. And she said, Papa, I'm going to throw a snowball in your eye. So, <laughs> um, I, I want to I talk a little bit about the scripture just before the scripture we looked at today. I, I really wanted to preach on the first 17 verses, but it's kind of a challenge, right? There's a lot going on there, but there's, there's a lot of words, a lot of names. I want to challenge you and encourage you to look. There are five women's names in the lineage, which doesn't normally happen in most uh, lineages. Um, and I want to encourage you to, if you get a chance, to, to jump backwards uh, this week and look at, those, uh, look at who those women are and get a sense of, uh, of where they fit in the story of Jesus. Uh, they don't normally, it isn't normally that we see many women's names in lineages. Uh, and, and Matthew was, uh, was connecting the dots from the Old Testament to Jesus. And so part of that, I, I, I don't have much time for that, but I want to encourage you to, to, to look at that. And so we're going to look at what does Matthew have to say in this passage. And, uh, uh, and the first thing that it really stuck out to me was that, that Joseph needed to get ready, right? Uh, one of the things that happened... Uh, in this story. The, the story begins with engagement, does it not? It begins in this moment of not just boyfriend-girlfriend, not just hanging out together, not just going to have uh, dinner as a group, but rather this, this, this commitment, this step of, 
um, of moving forward. And Joseph, uh, what they called it betrothal, right? And it was, it was a little different. I don't know if it was a lot different. Uh, it was up to a year. There was some differences in it, but up to a year of getting prepared and, and, and getting a house ready and, and preparing life to be together. Um, they were engaged. They were intimate uh, in, that, in that year, but they were, uh, they were together. They were committed. It wasn't uh, that they had open relationship to hang out with other, uh, you know, to date other people. They were, uh, in, in some ways, they were, they were uh, married in some ways, but not in, uh, not in the sense where they were together or living together. And so Joseph is in preparation, getting ready to take Mary as his wife, uh, to spend the rest of their life together. And things kind of go sideways. I want you to think moment for a moment, if you're a guy, how you might feel if you were Joseph. If you're a, a, a lady, where you, how you might feel if you were Mary. What, what's going on here, right? What's, what's going on? I'm sure that was a really awkward conversation for, for Mary and Joseph. Hey, I need to tell you something. Right? And he, he's, he says, it says in the scripture, he was faithful to the law, but he didn't want to, to embarrass her. And he had in his mind to, to divorce her quietly. And so there was a commitment there of them being together. And so part of him was like, how do I get out of this? <laughs> right? How do I get, how do I get past this? This did not go well. How do I get past this? Joseph was getting ready when things went sideways. I wonder in our own lives what happens when things, we, we have a plan and we've set out a path and we, we put one foot in front of the other and we've stepped uh, the next step, the next step, and it doesn't go as we planned. Can be some disconcerting, can it not? Uh, when, when things don't go as we had, uh, have put them out there, and we don't have all the answers. And in some ways, it can be challenging. It can be challenging in our own life. How do I get ready? Sometimes our plans and God's plans aren't always lined up. Maybe because our plans aren't always the best plan, right? Maybe sometimes our plans are a bit selfish or a bit self-directed. Maybe they're not what God really wants for us. Maybe they're really not what we need. And those can be challenging moments in our life. When, when we believe that we're supposed to go this direction and God says, listen, you need to go this direction, I got to believe that Joseph in that moment felt that way. He felt like, how's this going to sort out? She's with child. And I know it's not mine. And it says in the scripture, he considered what he should do. He considered what he should do. interesting part is that when he listened carefully 
to the prompting of the Spirit. He heard what God wanted him to hear, which was this. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take her, Mary, home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Joseph heard from God himself in a dream. He heard that, listen, it's not what you think it is. I don't know about you, if you were in that position, that might be a little more challenging, would it not? It's not what you think it is. It's different. I wonder how often we hear from God and it, and it doesn't make sense to us. It, it doesn't add up to us or it doesn't, uh, doesn't work out and we, we plug our ears, right? Now, we wouldn't walk around church that way because people would, would notice, Right? People wouldn't notice if we walked around with uh, our fingers in our ears. And when we, when we see little kids do it, we kind of laugh and make fun of it because that's silly. And yet, I, how, often, how often do we hit the mute button? How often are we not listening when God is trying to tell us something? When we read a scripture and it doesn't line up with what we want to believe, or what we think we want to believe, or doesn't the narrative doesn't work out for us? We mute that. I've learned that in, when I read a scripture, and if I don't like it, I probably should read it again. <laughs> right? If I don't like it, there's probably something in there that I need to, uh, to get a hold of, to grasp. I was, uh, I was away uh, part of the week, and uh, I was on my phone and I was, someone was trying to call me, and I don't know if my phone has issues or what, but I could hear them perfectly fine. So they would call my truck, my truck uh, would pick up the call, and I could hear them perfectly fine, and they couldn't hear me at all. And I thought, it's got to be their phone. That's got to be them. It's them. It's not me. So, and we did it like five times. I'm like, they must be in a dead spot or something. It's got to be, can't be the, can't be me. I'll call my wife just to prove myself right. I call my wife, and I can hear her just fine. Guess what? She's like, I can't hear you. And then I'm, then I'm, I'm like, I'm driving, so I'm thinking, she probably thinks I crashed and <laughs> I need help, right? <laughs> and now, I, so I'm, now I'm trying to text while driving. All these things I'm telling you not to do, right? Don't do these things. <laughs> All because my phone somehow got on mute. I don't know. I, it didn't say it was on mute, but I, so I finally just said to heck with it. I shut it off, turned it back on, and it worked perfectly fine. So it was on mute. It wasn't, I, they couldn't hear me. I could hear them fine. And th what was the best part was they're on the other like, I know you, I can't hear you, but I, I think you can hear me. And we went on and on and on. It was really painful <laughs> and frustrating because both people needed to talk, and I couldn't get a hold of them. How often do we mute God when he's telling us something, when he's working in our life, when he's trying to make an adjustment and changing things in our life? How often are we just saying, well, sorry, God. Now, we don't, we don't want to do that in, you know, like, we just kind of do it on the sly, right? Because we don't want to 
We don't want to be out and out. It's kind of like sometimes when we have a hard time believing a truth that God puts in our path or in our way. We don't want to out and out say, God, I have a hard time believing that this is a good plan. I have a, God, I have a hard time believing that this is the right direction. Right? And so we're in denial. We, we don't want to say, in our heart of hearts, we're like, ah, this, doesn't, this doesn't even make any sense. But I need to be a good Christian. Right? And so I have to. But inside we're dying. We're struggling. And I wonder if maybe if we were a little bit more honest, I think one of the things that uh, Doubting Thomas gets, he, he gets kind of burned uh, in the Scriptures and, and by a lot of people. But I think Doubting Thomas was uh, really probably closest to our Christian walk of faith. Right? There are struggles with doubt. He says, Lord, help me in my unbelief. I want to believe, but I'm being honest. I, I'm having a hard time believing that this is the best plan. This is, this is the plan? This doesn't make any sense. i got to believe Joseph was there. Mary was... How would you like to be Mary? <laughs> Yikes. How is this the best plan, God? best part of the story is that Joseph followed through. You know, we, we, we know the story, we know the end of the story, we know how it works out, and it's easy to just kind of blow right by the fact that Joseph and Mary had to make a decision to stay together, right? They had, Joseph had to take her home. It's easy for us to say, well, yeah, that's what they did because we're reading it in history. But let's just think about it in the live uh, taking that step. The scripture says, Joseph woke from sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. What do you think his feelings were for Mary in the middle of all that? My gut feeling is that he had a lot of mixed feelings, a lot of mixed emotions. It wasn't this romantic, happy uh, lovey and uh, cozy and fuzzy relationship. There were going to be a lot of challenges. He was going to have to answer a lot of questions. I don't know about you, but uh, walking around saying, yeah, God, I, I, an angel of the Lord told me in my dream uh, to take her home. That's going to be a challenge to answer to the, to the family, right? He did what God commanded him. He followed through on his promise. He did what needed to be done. And when the baby was born, he named him Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. God come to earth. God in earth with us. Do you, do you understand why that's important? It's important because he understood and and he lived the life we live. He came to earth with the same challenges we had. He came to earth with a dirty diaper. Right? He, he came to earth and had all those 
struggles and trials and temptations and problems. And we see that in Scripture. He lived the real life. He walked this earth. And that makes a difference. It was God in the flesh. He came so that we might see perfection. He came and lived perfection and took it to the cross. It wasn't just the baby being born. It was Jesus who would come to earth, live perfection, and take that perfection to the cross for us. God in the flesh. Why? Why? Why would he do that? Did he have to do that? He did. He came, in, he came to earth to show us who he was. He came to earth to show us perfection. He came to earth to show us what sacrifice looked like. To take it to the cross. To die and be raised again. In his perfection. Does it make a difference? It better make a difference in our life. It needs to make a difference in our life in that we don't live the same life if we're believers in Christ. There's more to life than, uh, than just getting ahead. There's more to life than just winning. There's more to life than being selfish. There's more to life than just ourselves. We're called to live a life of sacrifice as well. If you're not a believer in Christ, if you don't have that, if you don't understand what that means, I'd love to talk to you about that. I'd love to pray with you about what does it mean to follow Jesus? It's not about how much we put in an offering plate. It's not about how much we do. It's about asking Jesus into our heart and asking to, to take this broken, uh, this broken soul, this broken human, and make it right. Does that make me perfect? Absolutely not. You can ask my wife. It won't take you very long to figure out. It doesn't make me perfect. It doesn't make anyone else perfect. But it makes me strive to do better, to draw closer to God, to be more like Him. Do I fail? Absolutely. That doesn't mean I don't keep trying. I don't keep directing my path towards God. If you don't have that relationship, you want to have that relationship, I'd love to talk to you about that this morning. Don't leave without that. When we sing this last song, I, I'm going to encourage you, come and we'll talk about it. We'll pray together. If there's a, something on your heart, if you're being challenged this morning, where you're sitting and where you're at, if, there, if God's plan in your life is not making sense, come and pray. We'll talk about it. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Scripture talks about bearing our burdens to other believers. I think a lot of times uh, one of the challenges in our own faith is this. We aren't willing, we're afraid to tell anybody we got a problem. We walk in with like perfection on, right? I got it all figured out. And all too often, if we're just honest, we realize quickly that none of us have it figured out. We all have our problems and struggles. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need a Savior. Because we don't have it figured out. Let me encourage you to come. Let's pray during the last song. Let's pray.
Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for Matthew's version of, the, of your birth. Lord, we're reminded that even though God's plan was different than Joseph's and Mary's, it was the plan. And Lord, in our own lives, we see that our plan and, and your plan doesn't always line up. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be obedient, to hear your voice, to move in that direction you have for us. Lord, for anyone here today who hasn't accepted you into their life, who hasn't made the difference that, the difference that that makes, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them to step forward. Lord, for those who are struggling with uh, things in life, I pray that you'd uh, open their hearts as well. In your name we pray. Amen.